0: It's me, Dr. Z with JB. Today, we discuss the abuse commonly experienced after exiting a narcissistic relationship, something called post-separation abuse. We often assume that the abuse stops once the relationship ends. However, this is not always the case, particularly with narcissistic abuse. In this session, we explore the characteristics of post-separation abuse and discuss general boundary setting strategies. Oh, and John made another movie reference. Shocking, we know.
1: Well, good morning, good afternoon, and uh, good evening to everybody. It is uh, session number big three five here, Dr. Z, with uh, it is me, uh, Dr. Z with JB. I am JB, John Barchard, at John Barchard on all the social platforms. Uh, Dr. Z, shout out out your uh, socials for everybody on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Hi, how are you?
1: I'm so good. How are you?
0: (laughs) I'm good. Um, My socials, it is on Instagram, z underscore psychologist, so Dr. Z Psychologist, and then Twitter, uh, Dr. Z Psychologist.
1: There you go. Uh, and uh, and
0: web- website, drjamiezuckerman.com.
1: Which is the most important one because that's, uh, you know, where you can get all the uh, your workshops. You've got a book coming
0: workshops, out. Workshops, book, books coming out May 10th, but you can order it on Amazon and Target, Barnes & Noble. It is called Find Your Calm.
1: Find Your yes. Calm. And, uh, Find one Your of, Calm. Uh, we went actually through uh, kind of a sample chapter, uh, and uh, we will, I will make sure to leave that description uh, or that uh, podcast episode down in the uh, uh, description of the podcast here for you in case you want to find out a little bit of the flavor of what that's like i found th- it found it very very helpful and uh, just like mm-hmm. this session we hope you find uh, very helpful as well as it is a um, you know uh, one that we've i think we've just talked about briefly and uh, really looking forward to getting in depth about you know the separation from a, a narcissistic and or toxic relationship and kind of identifying uh, a little bit of the differences between those and obviously uh, really focusing on like, you know, the the post uh, behaviors of our, of, of getting out of a, mm-hmm. a narcissistic relationship uh, mm-hmm. w- while it's fresh. And it is definitely not an easy path, uh, nor yeah. is it uh, probably not a easy path to, or a, or a short path to recovery, I should say. So um yeah Dr. Z what does um what does this uh, separation kind of feel and look like right at the beginning? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um first thing is that you know oftentimes I think the average is about 7 times it takes somebody to actually leave for good from a narcissistic abusive relationship. So you know I I always kind of caution people who are leaving or in the process of leaving that if you leave and come back, leave and come back to not look at it like a failure on your part, but to look at it as a necessary step to eventually getting out for good. Um, It's almost like you have to practice that pattern of leaving to, you know, it's very uncertain. So if you leave and you come back, you see what kind of happens, you can regroup, you leave, you come back. So it, it it takes a while and it's a process. It's not like you wake up one morning and you say, screw it, I'm out. Um, which is is, and we'll get into this—the difference between breaking up from a toxic relationship, breaking up from like a healthy relationship gone bad, versus breaking up from a narcissistically abusive relationship. There, it is very, very different, and it's approached differently, and it's handled differently. So, um, leaving a narcissistic abusive relationship, oftentimes, and we we call it post separation abuse because oftentimes, in in standard run of the mill bad relationships. When you actually leave the relationship, there's probably gonna be one of two things that happen. Either it's gonna be a, like a total disconnect. You don't talk anymore, you hate each other, you know, fuck you, I'm leaving, and that's the end of it. And no one really, you know, just block each other and it's done and it's over and you move on. And there's hard feelings, but but it's 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 move onable. You like that word? Move onable. Um, I love that word. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, move onable. And then you have relationships that are just kind of like ran their course and they're just kind of blah. And you break up, but then you kind of doubt yourself. i like, no, we miss each other. Let's go out for lunch. And it, it kind of lingers for a couple months. And then the holidays come and you maybe try to make things work again, but then it goes bad again. And so it's like this gradual, like breakup, but that after in the end nobody has hard feelings and you know you still touch base on birthdays and how are you and maybe go to lunch and what's going on in your life so that's that even in a toxic relationship where it's abusive where it's you know emotionally manipulative at times but it's not a narcissistically abusive relationship the breakup can still be very very tumultuous so it can be this back and forth and and arguing and fighting and screaming and um getting back together and breaking up getting back together and breaking up the difference is is that after the breakup the the arguing and that heightened emotion a lot of times will eventually die out both parties get kind of tired of fighting somebody finds somebody else and so now they can like move on from the other person um the other person maybe gets jealous but they deal with it and then they move on and so it's like it's still difficult and it's still you know, tumultuous, but it's, it's, it's still different than a narcissistic abusive one. When you are leaving somebody who is a narcissist, the post-separation abuse that occurs, which is the, the mental, physical, sometimes sexual abuse that occurs, and definitely financial, after a breakup with a narcissist, so you leave, the post-separation abuse is oftentimes much more damaging, much scarier, and much more pervasive than the abuse you actually endured during the relationship itself for a couple reasons. One, when you were in the relationship, you were told what your narrative needed to be. You were told what the rules were. You were told, well, sometimes, you were told what the punishments were for breaking the arbitrary rules. You were told what to wear, what to like, who to speak to. you know, how to manage your money, when to have sex, when to do literally anything. And so because you're on this fight or flight mode constantly, the awareness of, wow, this is unhealthy, or I need to leave is so far back. Because in the moment, you're just focusing on survival. You're not, you don't have the luxury of like, Time to think about your emotions and process next steps. You're not meeting with your friends and venting about, you know, oh my God, like listen to what Jamie did. I can't blah, blah. You're not doing that because you are also trained not to trust your friends. You're also trained to think that the way you perceive the abuse is total and utter utter bullshit and you're totally overreacting. So you're also not going to tell anybody anything because you feel guilty and shameful. So The separation is going to look very, very different. So when you eventually leave, that is probably one of the most unsafe times. And I mean, unsafe from like a, your physical safety, um, to leave because you have now done one of the worst things you could possibly do to a narcissist. You abandoned them because they're bad. And that is at the core of a narcissist. What they is the reason is the underlying function of all of their behavior that they do, right? Because they feel deep down that they are, you know, just completely horrible, terrible human beings. And so all of this stuff they do is to put up this, this like wall around that, that can never be penetrated. And that's why when they're challenged on things, you'll see things like the silent treatment because they're going to punish you. You don't know why, but they're going to punish you and it puts a disconnect between you and them or they're going to rage. So now all of a sudden they have scared you. They've intimidated you. They're going to gaslight you. So now the conversation is not about what the narcissist did. It's about you being crazy for accusing them and what's wrong with you. Are you on your meds? You need to see a therapist. So they have all these strategies in place to protect that wounded ego, right? So leaving them is like, ripping off that that ripping down that wall. So they're not going to handle that well. And keep in mind, it has nothing to do with the fact that they love you, that they miss you, that they'll change. This has to do with the fact of you expose them and there's a risk that you may expose them further because you left. And that's where the dangerous aspect comes in. They're going to do whatever the hell they can to make sure that doesn't happen. And so it's very scary. And um, you need an actual like exit strategy. And that's why it's also different. No other breakup. Like maybe you need a place to stay. There's no other breakup where you need like a step-by-step behavior plan exit strategy. And there's a reason for that.
1: Yeah, It's
0: very, very (laughs) different.
1: And as you were saying before, that's why I was... A good old fuck you relationship. That should yes, that should be on a mm-hmm. on a T shirt or something because that's all you do. Yeah. You just walk out and be like, Fine. Just, like this is a moment Fuck over. you, I'm
0: done. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and maybe that, there's like phone calls that linger, but like it's just like no, it's different.
1: Yeah, and uh I mean, like yes, I would I would wish upon that you know someone coming out of a narcissistic and or toxic relationship and. You yeah. know, like you said, it feels like both going on at the same time, no matter what, like, yeah, they would die yeah. for one of those things. Absolutely. Like I would, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, and and I wonder this, and I even hate to hear the answer, but like, is, is there, is it possible that you can be narcissistic and have those things and be toxic at the same time and form this utter, super awful human, I guess, that, well, you know, exists well. in the world?
0: well you if you're narcissistic in a relationship you're toxic oh 100% but you, but, yeah yeah but if you're but just a toxic person doesn't mean they're narcissistic so so for example let's say that you're in a relationship with somebody who has really toxic patterns right they're really abusive emotionally they just like emotionally beat you down um, they're totally disconnected they they're just they're just checked out right and you it's just you're not happy And you bring it to the person's awareness and you say, listen, like you are emotionally abusive. You knock me down. You're not supportive of anything I do. Um, I'm not happy I'm out. And the person says like, what are you talking about? No, I don't blah, blah, blah. And then you explain to them, well, you do this, you do this, you do this. And the person's reaction may be something like, well, I don't think I do that. And then maybe they say, you know, let's go to, let's go to couples therapy. So they go to couples therapy and these patterns are brought out and the person realizes like, oh shit, that's how my dad was wait, shit. I don't want to be like that. And there's the awareness. And so they are aware that they're hurting the other person. They don't want to hurt the other person. And so they're going to make changes because they have empathy for that other person and they didn't realize they were engaging in these toxic patterns. And so they work to change them. So there's a very big difference between having toxic patterns in relationships that appear narcissistic, but aren't because once you bring attention and awareness to them, the person's like, oh shit, no. All right. And they work, they do the hard work and you see changes and not for manipulative reasons. You see the changes because they truly want to change. With a narcissist, they could have those same exact patterns. And they may be habitual. So people say, "Do they know they're doing it?" Well, yes, they all know. Nar- yes, narcissists know they're doing it. They don't care that they're hurting you. They just need their needs met. But it can look like they don't know what they're doing because they've been doing it forever. So you know, like anything, like a sport, you do your swing. Like you, you don't even know half the time how you're swinging, but because it, it's so habitual. But if if you stop the person and you say, "You're doing this, this, and this." What you're going to get from a narcissist is no, I'm not. You're crazy. You're overreacting. What are you talking about? Like, I'm not doing that. That's in your head.
1: That makes you do complete sense. I don't do that,
0: right? So that's the difference in in terms of toxic versus narcissistic, where right. the patterns look similar.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a that's a great uh, uh, green flag uh, or green flag red flag there because um, yeah. Green so yeah, green frag yeah that's a I like
0: green
1: frags <laughs> you like green frags? I love green frags green frags and ham yeah <laughs> and some excellent ham not to lie here I need a vacation yes oh I think everybody does we need about seven of them in a row um, because like you know green like
0: frags and ham <laughs> sorry
1: <laughs> that's kind of what I wish upon for <laughs> um but uh it is kind of interesting that you had mentioned that it's you know seven times as an average that that a lot of the times that somebody who's coming out of a a, a toxic nar- narcissistic relationship um is, is gonna go end up going back and well no wonder you feel like your whole reality is warped like it's just a grind you know uh they just the come keep coming and keep coming back and it's just like over and over again expecting a change to happen or something to be a little bit different and you know like for for whatever reason of course of course you're gonna feel worthless like they've been working on you for just probably whatever seven seven at least seven times who kn- who knows mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. um and, um and you had mentioned it too but this is like uh this is one of the most dangerous times to 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 get into you know especially like this is this is I think you say this a lot um and it needs to be said every time it's just you need specialized therapy and you know
0: yeah the,
1: the sooner the better for sure yep
0: yep 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 yeah I mean that's you know one of the dangers um of of narcissistic relationships is that Oftentimes, and it makes sense because, you know, with the toxic relationship example I gave, like you go to couples therapy, you do the hard work. The problem is, is that if, you know, you don't go to couples therapy when you're in a narcissistic abusive relationship. I will repeat that again. It is not in your best interest to go to couples therapy with a narcissistic partner. And here's why. Even with The best of the best trained narcissistic abuse experts, the change that will occur with a narcissist is so minimal. And that's only within the session with a really trained expert who knows exactly what to look for. Okay. So if you go to couples therapy with a couples therapist who specializes in abusive relationships, that's fine. But understand that when you go in, That narcissist is going to, A, monopolize the entire conversation and use it as a platform because that's what they do, charm the therapist, or at least try to, cut off the other partner from saying things, twist their words around, and the partner of the narcissist also has to walk out of that office, get in a car, and narcissists in cars when they're angry and they need to feel in control is a very scary place. Then they need to go home and put their head on the pillow next to that narcissist. There is no way on this earth, they're going to talk openly about abuse that they endure on a daily basis when they need to leave with this person. And when they don't even know how to talk about the abuse, because they've been told for so long that they're crazy. And then what happens is they'll say well it seems like your partner's really trying why don't you guys go on a date night today you seem really closed off around.
1: oh the date night <laughs> right
0: and oh, no. and you know this the, the narcissist is like that's great. i've been wanting to go on date nights with her she what she doesn't want to and you have this person sitting here feeling re-traumatized invalidated you know saying like well i don't want to go with that why don't you want to go with them it seems like they're trying why do, just try to make an effort And so it just ends up to, you know, and then so they have to go on this date night, which is going to be a disaster and it's going to be abusive. And it's so you really don't want to go to couples therapy. The best thing to do is to get therapy for yourself to give you the strength to be able to eventually leave, but first to be given the tools to become aware of the narcissistic abusive patterns. So that you can recognize them so that you can then develop responses and boundaries to them gain your confidence back see that this has nothing to do with you at all and this is a pattern that they're going to do whether you're with them or someone else is with them and that's really the only way that i would recommend any type of treatment and it has to be with someone that understands the nuances of this it has to be
1: yeah and that's a i'm um it's a i don't think that that's said enough especially with the couples therapy part and and how yeah. it's it's uh it sounds like a good idea but uh well what
0: happens is the know. non-narcissist i get this a lot from a lot of people they'll message me and they'll say i want the couples therapy, but then i didn't want to continue so i look like i'm not trying right so the ah. non-narcissic partner will say like Fuck this this isn't working like i feel like i'm just being like i'm the bad guy here and i'm not trying and i don't want to go back anymore and so they stopped going and now you just gave the narcissist even more supply i tried you left you didn't want to work you won't go to couples therapy so our relationship sucks because you're not trying
1: yeah and that's just all the time worst feeling and or place to feel like you're in yeah
0: exactly exactly so so once once they leave and once they're on the other side there's you know couple things that happen in post separation abuse. One is chances are your social support network has gotten very small over the years of being with a narcissist because the narcissist will make you feel that nobody can be trusted. And it'll start small. Like, Oh, you know, your friend, Jamie, I don't, I don't really trust her. There's just, there's something about her. I don't like, I would just keep my eyes open with her and you're like, what? I've been friends with Jamie for years. and like, "Ah, I don't know. I feel like she's jealous of you. She's jealous of us. Okay. So that, that us against the world mentality starts to slowly develop. Then it's things, you know, like, um, you know, so your social network becomes small, your parents, your friends, they just, they hate this guy, but they like, can't get you out of it because you're brainwashed pretty much. Um, and it's not your fault at all because anybody, anybody is susceptible to this, unless you know, the red flags, which is why I talk about it so much. Um, Absolutely. once you're in it, once you're in it, you can't see it. So, so you need somebody objective to pull you out. So friends and family, what I always say is like, well, I haven't spoken to my sister hates me. My, my brother hates me. My mom hates me. I always say they don't hate you. They are so scared and they're going to be so happy if you go to them. So pick somebody you feel like maybe the most comfortable with and start with them and just tell them you need their support trust me when i tell you they're going to be thrilled so there's that then there's the financial aspect you need to make a financial plan this is why it's different than other breakups chances are there's a lot of financial abuse going on which means you don't have access to your money you don't have access to the banking passwords you don't know where any of your investments are you don't know what assets you have you don't know what's in your name their name You don't know how many mortgages are taken out of your house. You don't know if you're in debt. You don't know what credit cards are out in your own name. You have no idea. So I always tell people you want to run your credit. If you can do that, you want to somehow slowly over time, I don't care if it's $5. I don't care if it's $500. Set aside money. Give it to somebody else to hold. Set up a bank account that's private. Slowly start to set aside money. Only for if something as small as you need to buy a bus ticket. Uh Uh-huh set aside money somehow. Um, The other thing is you're going to have to be prepared. So know how to do it, block them, block them on all social media platforms, block their email, change your phone number, Um, you know, change locks on doors, change, literally change anything and everything that is an avenue for them to contact you. And you won't think of all of them because they're creative they'll come up with other accounts they'll come up with different ways just keep blocking them there cannot be a momentary lapse in judgment of, of not blocking them anymore you you must if you're going to leave you have to block them it's called no contact you have to go no contact i understand this looks different with children but that's a whole other podcast altogether which we did one co-parenting with a narcissist but yes. we touched about leaving when you have children and the court system and how it's not set up for this at all, um, but that's a whole different conversation. I don't want to rush through that because well, so
1: yeah, funny. one we can't wait to get into as well because we're both uh, very, very uh, hot tempered when it comes to uh, to some of the classic uh, classifications that the uh, the current uh, law uses for all this stuff. One of the things you did touch on, which I uh, completely agree with, and this is just wanted to share a quick experience story of just uh, one of our. <laughs> One of our, one of our, one of my good friends uh, got uh, got swamped up in that L.A. desert, and uh, and and totally, <laughs> totally found the best narcissistic person that you could ever be with, and pretty much uh, took him away from uh, our entire group and all that other stuff. So, like you know, um, for him, it was his dad, and being able to reach out and so joyous it was like oh thank god <laughs> like you know and they they helped develop a plan and i know not everyone has that but whoever that is in your life i would say the money plan and the safe home plan it's good mm-hmm. if it's the same person that you trust i mean and and that's pretty right. much what it should whittle down to It's probably like all right who could i in a drop of a hat yeah. And I know it's different for kids and that's probably a yeah, really important yeah. question to ask and figure yeah. out and reach out to, by the way, because I'm sure they would say yes, just like Dr. Z was saying, like if they, if they know the parameters of what's going on in your relationship, they want to help you out, you know? Um, and uh it's and the same thing uh, you know i've seen it with both uh genders honestly and the, the same thing like uh mom on the other Don't side you sound
0: super scratchy you sound super scratchy
1: oh do right i now. i'm so sorry i'm probably moving yeah. around right now let me take that again yeah. three two, is this a little better yeah three two and you know i've seen it with both both sides both genders i've seen you know uh one of my good female friends do that with uh, our, another, you know, a good best friend and worked out a plan that way. Uh, another one that did it with their mom. And I'm so sorry that there's so many narcissists in the world, but it's just, yeah. it's, it's a, it's that slow Shawshank redemption crawl. And just, just, uh-huh. just know that you're gonna there's get to the, the other reference. side, of course. Ding,
0: <laughs> ying, ying, ying.
1: <laughs> we did it, we did it. Ah, uh-huh. you thought it. it, you thought it was uh-huh. gonna go away, you suckers. Uh-huh. Um, here's
0: the thing, too, though. I just want to say, uh, like you can find someone you trust great the problem is oftentimes in these types of relationships your view of trust is so badly broken that you don't you don't even you literally don't know like you're not going to just say like oh i trust this person you're going to be taking like even if it's your mother or father doesn't you're going to be taking a massive leap of faith to trust this person and i want people to understand that you don't chances are you're not going to pair up with someone out post separation abuse that you trust 100% even if it's someone that has never done you wrong your trust in like humanity honestly I'm going to go that far your trust in humanity after the things that you've witnessed how somebody can do the things they do knowing how much it hurts you Your like your view of people gets completely just fucked and so you you like that professionalism? And <laughs> you, you, I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. So, like, you're gonna—I just want people who are listening to this to to not feel like something's wrong with them if they don't trust their own father after this, or their own mother, or their best friends, even though nothing's happened. That—that's a very normal. It's your body keeping you on alert because it, in your in your your fight or flight mode has been on full alert for years, and so it's not all of a sudden just going to switch off.
1: What's the um? best process then for that decision do you think
0: uh you need you need to kind of do it and do and let them know you know like I I don't trust anyone I don't trust you ask for things in writing like you know treat them as if you kind of don't trust them so that they give you that trust you know be kind of be a little honest and be on guard and it's okay somebody that's going to help you that's committed to helping you is going to help you whether or not you're on guard or not
1: that makes sense. Like, if you were thinking like, hey, let's just do this uh, for three months, and I'll write something up, it can it can be as, like, s- as sounding friendly as that, I would suppose, and just yeah. go like, I yeah. don't want to impose on anybody, and I don't know you how know, I you, feel, you, and, you know.
0: You know what it's like? I mean, not that I'm comparing this to, like, an animal at all, but this is the first thing that pops into my head. You know, like, if you adopt a pet, right, and, like, let's say they've been abused, And like, you want them to come out and play with your kids, but the dog is like hiding under a bed. And even though the environment around them is totally safe, they're not in an abusive environment anymore. It may take so long for that dog to even go eat, right? Because it's scared. It's so scared and it's protecting itself. So it's like, even though the environment and we're like, what, what, come out, come play, what's going on? You have to, you have to really respect the fact that, that that person is so unbelievably traumatized and you need to give them their space. Like you wouldn't like go towards someone traumatized and grab them and say, let's run outside. Like you're gonna leave them alone and let them be and at the same time let them know you're still there if they need you.
1: Love that. That's a that's a great right? explanation. Like, I don't mean to yeah.
0: compare it to like a dog, but like No, like, I, don't, I don't you're I don't not comparing it. That's just it. just
1: it's just a good way to like relate, relate to it. Because we've all seen yeah, that.
0: Yeah, like yeah, like they're 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 fight or fight mode. It's an innate you know defense mechanism we have all of us including animals and so that's why like even though you're not going to like beat your dog like that dog doesn't know that right like so it's going to protect itself it's it's no it humans are no different we're going to freaking protect ourselves i don't care if you're never going to hurt me but if i if that's all i know you think i'm going to trust you right like yeah. you have i think the best thing to gain trust is not to bombard them but is to give them space and let them let the person see that you're still there from that for them you're not gonna harm them and just let them take their time their time is theirs and you're not going to interfere with it but that you're there for them that's that's the most important
1: yeah that's um that's man you're awesome that's a great way to, to put it and uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm I know where we're gonna get to a little more deeper into kind of the the social aspects of how this might look the and how it, yeah, yeah, and and how that does mm-hmm. that, and I'm sure that's uh, kind of deserves its own time because I thought we had a really good convo yeah. here. So I, we will definitely be. Uh, you want to talk about that next, Doctor Z, or should we wait another week sure. and we pick that up? Or no, we'll... we. I'll
0: I'll just tell, I'll tell people what it is and then we'll talk about it next time. But um, for those of you who have gotten out of narcissistic relationships, one of the things that happens routinely is something called character assassination. Which means that the narcissist will go to, will will go do whatever they can. They stop at nothing to completely ruin your reputation, your character, your friendships, your workplace. I mean, everything you can think of. And so, they social media has become like a narcissist playground, and um, they really use it to their advantage to do this. And so, um, it's something also that you want to be prepared to have to battle against when you get out of this type of relationship. So. There's that, and there's also blasting their new quote girlfriends, boyfriends all over social media. Um, that they're already in this amazing relationship. And so I want to talk about that and what that means and what that looks like and what the again is all about function, what the function of them doing that is. It's not just to make you jealous. That's actually like the last thing on the list. It's it's a whole host of other things. So I think maybe we should get into that next time. The whole character assassination, social media, oh, usage, yeah. things like that.
1: Man, and especially if you have uh <laughs> mutual friends, which you're obviously going um, to have. Yeah. Oh my God, do yeah. they want to snatch those yep. people up so quick? Yep. So a lot goes yep. into yep. all that. Yep. Um uh Thank Dr. Z, you. amazing as always. Uh, Thank we really you. appreciate it. And uh you making any fancy TV appearances or podcast appearances or push-up contests or anything else like that we need to know um, about?
0: Um I am what am I doing? I my book is out May 10th. Find your column. It's on Amazon, Target and Barnes and Noble and TV, I think in two weeks, next week. I don't know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know this week. <laughs> I'll post it. Um, but I, something really, it's actually something really cool. That's happening. Wait, let me, I think I can share this on Ooh. May, on May, May 4th. Um, I have a link in my bio for this and I I'm posting it on Instagram. Um, So, it's it's, it, you'll be able to find it there. But there is a free screening of a documentary that a documentary filmmaker that I've been um, talking to, and she's unreal, she's amazing. She, ironically, because she documents everything, um, documented her first date that she was going on with somebody she met online. Turns out he was a very extreme narcissist. And so she, I mean, I said to her, I'm like, wow, he fucked with the wrong person because she documented the entire relationship. And you can see the distinct stages of abuse. I've never seen anything done like this before. Where it goes from distinct love bombing and her emotional reactions to it, to the sudden like devaluing and her emotional responses to it, then the discarding and her responses to it, and then the post-separation abuse. So it's a short, it's like 14 minutes, but she's the cut that she's doing is the director's cut that she's screening, and it's for free, and I have the link, and, and I can share that with you. Um, but it's not the one she's going to be submitting to festivals. But she asked me to um, do a Q&A with her for her... Um, it's, it's virtual, so do a Q&A with her afterwards to talk about the film and talk about narcissistic abuse um, and have people ask questions. So if you're interested in that, I think it would be really, really cool. It's, I think it's, um, it's definitely May 4th and the movie is called title T I D a L.
1: That sounds um, amazing.
0: So yeah. And I can share that with everyone. <laughs>
1: yeah. that uh, send that over to me and we, that'll be in the uh, link description down here too. Uh, Cause that's uh, what an incredible thought idea i mean gee I, i've
0: whew. i'm telling you i, watch I watched this and my stomach my stomach sunk
1: yeah but like what an amazing thing that i think people need to hear and see yep, yep, you know yep, and yep, man yep, yep. If, if that starts a discussion for us to jump into like start getting into the legal side that we're always mm-hmm. bitching about Put that in front of a, a judge, please, and tell yep, me that yep, that's yep, yep, yeah, not everything that you say each and every time about narcissists. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Dr. Z, amazing as always. Thank you very much. Thank you. My DMs are always open if you have any questions, thoughts about the pod. And uh, obviously, we if you have any questions that you want answered on the pod, we're happy to do so and like to keep things anonymous uh, when doing so. So feel free to jump in there and, uh, and ask away. And uh, we will see you uh, very shortly for session 36.
0: See you soon.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.